Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic. We are your hosts, music web designer Ross Barber, owner of Electric Kiwi, where we create awesome custom websites for bands, artists, and musicians. And I'm award-winning singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and indie filmmaker Marcin Valley, founder of the electronic rock band Midnight Soundtrack. This week, we're excited to welcome Bob Baker to the show, all the way from St. Louis. Bob is an author, speaker, musician, and former music magazine editor dedicated to showing musicians all kinds how to get exposure, connect with fans, sell more music, and increase their incomes through their artistic passions. And Bob is the author of numerous books on the subject of music marketing and making a living from your art, including the Guerrilla Music Marketing Handbook, which was actually featured in the movie School of Rock, the DIY Career Manifesto, and his latest book, The Empowered Artist. Uh, we're excited to soak up all of the advice that Bob has to offer, so let's jump right in. Hey, Bob, how's it going? Hey, guys. Hey. It's great to be here. Thanks for the invite. I uh, love the format of your show, and so I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat, ready to dig in. <laughs> Love it. Well, let's, awesome. let's go right for it and uh, have you awesome. tell us three things about yourself that everyone should know. That everyone should know. Well, you kind of mentioned it there. I mean, I think most people who follow me online or whatever or might watch this may already know about my about my books. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned in my books in the Guerrilla Music Marketing Series. I have books for authors and then books for creative people of all types. But maybe some things you probably would want some things that maybe people don't realize. Yeah. And, and I think like when you're an expert or when you're an author, like especially in music marketing, everyone assumes that you can't play or maybe that like that didn't work out, so you went into teaching. And and I like. And, and I and I like maybe and it's kind of sounds a little weird maybe coming from me, but I've been a practicing working musician even though on a part time basis for like forty years, and I'm actually a pretty decent singer, pretty decent guitar player, pretty decent songwriter. I've written many original songs and released independent music on my on my, my on my own. And so when people do catch a recording or see me live, they're like, "Well, wow, I didn't know you could actually do that." So, <laughs> uh, um, so again, it's like it's, it would be better if someone else was saying that. About about me, um, but maybe that's something. Yeah, I could. That maybe people don't realize it when they just read strictly my music marketing stuff. And I am a real live working musician, and I actually have some chops at it. You know. <laughs> and right back to the introduction, we got Bob Baker on, an awesome musician, singer, guitarist, and he's got the chops. There you go, man. <laughs> I, I like that. You. We'll just read redo that later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe a couple other other things. Yeah, I I I, my, I got my hands in creative fields of all types, and and if since we're watching on video, you may notice behind me there are paintings on the wall. I 
Poe. Some, I actually, yeah, there's Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, it's Elvis there, Bob Marley, Audrey Hepburn. And so I, I do some visual art. It's kind of a sideline thing. I don't, you know, it's, and uh, however, I, I display my paintings and sell some. And, and so I'm a visual artist. And I also teach and perform improv comedy, which is no a great way, source man. of joy. Yeah, my life. We is, have so uh, much in common here. So much. Oh, we, we're going to need to talk if that lights up. <laughs> <laughs> so I've done theater and, you know, yeah, so my life has just been one immersed in the arts. Uh, and so, you know, music marketing is maybe the thing I'm most visible from, but that's just one aspect of my entire picture, you know. Oh, I love that, man. I love when people don't limit themselves and just go and do whatever they want to do and immerse themselves in the arts. I mean, I love you before. Probably, I love you that much more now. Oh. <laughs> I think that's probably one of the reasons that your books and your, your podcast and everything you do is uh, is so good because you, you have – a much wider kind of uh, overview of everything. You're not just involved in one little thing. You're involved in mm. so many different creative things. I think it enables you to think outside the box and offer different kind of opinions that, you know, someone that involved in just one aspect wouldn't necessarily see. So I think it's... Right. Definitely. I, I, do, I do think that like musicians can learn from visual artists and visual artists can learn from writers and there's a, a great cross-pollination that can yeah. take place, you know? And, and also, even since I've been at this for like, 20 years, you know, I've been on, online in 1995, so I'm celebrating 20 years of uh, being on the internets. Um, uh, and so I've been doing this a long time with this kind of music business, music marketing. And so people like think of me as part of the industry, but I, I don't, I never, I still consider myself an outsider. I always approach this from the aspect of I'm a curious musician who's wondering why do some bands and some artists attract attention and sell a lot of music and, you know, book, you know, have people flock to their gigs and others struggle and so I kind of dedicated my life to figuring out why that is and what's the be what are the best practices of the bands and artists that succeed. Um, and so I still just think of myself as a curious musician who went on a search for for these best practices and just I report my findings through books and blog posts and podcasts and videos and all that and all that stuff. And even though I guess I'm established as an expert in my in my own mind, I'm still just that curious musician who's on a search for what's working. You yeah, know? I think that's what's so endearing, though. I think yeah, that's what's really worked for so. you. And speaking of that. which, like, you know, we've already said you've written so many books on marketing and, and making a living from creativity. Um, I'd love to know what you think is one of the number one things that holds uh, people back and artists in general uh, from following their passions. Well, yeah. So this is like a, uh, a, a just a human widespread uh, trait, and you might think it's the you know some people might say it's the economy, or it's the lousy music scene or art scene. But really, uh, the thing that holds most people back they are things that are self-imposed, and they're common things that I'm sure once I mention that list them here, everybody's going to go, oh yeah. But it's fear, it's uh, uncertainty, it's the it's the it's the internal dialogue that we have with ourselves about who we are. And and how people perceive us and our place in the world, and 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 quite often those messages that you're telling yourself are not empowering ones, you know. And so every human being deals with the fear. It's just that the successful people um, have managed to uh, to learn to live with it. Absolutely, <laughs> and take action despite having those voices in their in their in their in their heads. So yeah, it's like. So the things that keep people from just doing art to be our music to begin with is who am I to think I'm an artist? I'm not good enough. You know, all these excuses, but just, and, and, and the way I've lived my life is that when I was, when I thought something would be fun to do, I just said, let's just try that. Let's see what happens. Yes. <laughs> I love it. 
you know, uh, yeah. without any expectations of where it's going to go. Just, just, just have some fun with it. How can I? And I think I was, I was drawn by the, that that looked like it would be fun to do. So let's do it. And then the process, you figure out how to do it. And you also realize the, how it, that thing benefits other people, which maybe we can get into later if, if we do. That's kind of a big message in my empowered artists is, is, is coming to the realization of how your art imp- positively impacts other people who are your fans and how that becomes a motivating drive for what you do in addition to self satisfaction but that's a whole nother story <laughs> no i love that that I, I can completely 100 percent relate to that those are the two driving forces behind what i do as an artist you know it's it, a little bit of selfishness and equal part selflessness you know I mean? yeah <laughs> and you balance that out and what a, what a great overlap if you can find something or, or a group a list of things that you can do that yeah that satisfy that you're truly like feel like you're authentically expressing yourself and you're being creative and blah 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 you know in this one circle and there's a, there's an overlap with a need or a want in the world are you like this <laughs> hope no one's getting dizzy uh, yeah like that's, that. <laughs> that's that's the best thing if you're yeah your your personal interests also serve others uh, especially and then get you to a point if you want to make a living from it that you serve others in a way that they're willing to pay for that feeling or that experience that you give them. And then you're able to do more of it because you don't have to take on a day job or part-time gigs or whatever to, to pay the bills. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're getting awful philosophical here on Bridge the Atlantic. That's, that's what we like. That's, that's what I like. I like to it happens. Yeah, it happens from time to time. I it's always good, though. It. It's a good thing. Um, so, I mean, I, I think this is probably a good a good point to actually talk about your latest book, The Empowered Artist, which I have on the shelf behind me. Um, so, yeah, let us uh, give us a bit more insight into what people can expect from the book and uh and how it's helping people. I'm sure it's helped quite a few people already. Sure. Yeah, it is It is a very different book than what I've done in the past because as we've established, most of what I've talked about or what I'm known for, I guess, is is marketing. So it talk, So I demystify marketing in those books and, 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 and uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of tactical things in it. However, what I do is I get people to think differently about marketing and its role in their lives and so they don't think that it's evil or, you know, manipulative or whatever. But this book, even though there's some things that touch on marketing, it's really more about um, more timeless elements like mindset, work ethic, um, you know, overcoming those excuses that hold you back, uh, best practices of people that really excel in the arts. Um, and so we talk about, we kind of hinted at it later, but dealing with like, like for, for instance, one of the first steps that I talk about early in the book is like giving yourself permission to succeed or permission to to pursue your path because um, a lot of people think that they need some sort of an exterior either credentials or they need someone a mentor or something to deem them worthy of pursuing yeah they, yeah they need val- val- validation and while it's good to get feedback along your your path initially you don't need anyone's permission to write songs, to play music, um, you know, to write to write a book or do art. Uh, you do it simply if you have the urge to do it. That's all the permission that you need. Um, now that doesn't mean you're guaranteed a living. I also in, in the book uh, will pretty pretty much um, be upfront with people that the world doesn't owe you a living, and no matter how much time and effort you put into it. It's because you do what you love. The money doesn't necessarily always follow. Um, uh, however, that you that uh, to, even though there's no there are no guarantees, uh, simply you having a desire to pursue something is all that you need to start. You know to take the first uh, action steps. 
And so, you know, that's a big part of it, that mindset thing. And then I talk about the work ethic part of it. Like if you're a writer, write. If you're a, mus- if you're a guitar player, you've got to play the guitar. <laughs> if you're a songwriter, you need to write songs and do it on a regular basis. Uh, um, and because a, a lot of people put their creativity is like the last thing on the list. You know, all the, they, all the important stuff they will schedule on the calendar. Uh, and then when they can get around to it, they'll do their art or their music or uh, when they feel inspiration that you know they wait for the inspiration of the muse to strike before they'll give themselves permission to, to sit down and uh, and I, I learned as a writer you know I published my own newspaper I've kind of been a journalist off and on um, and uh, I, when there were deadlines I couldn't wait for inspiration to strike I had to sit down and write and I learned early on that even though you may not have been in the mood to write or to play or the gig or whatever once you just started doing it you kind of force yourself to sit down and just start um you loosen up and then suddenly you're in a state of flow and suddenly you do feel can, you can feel in inspired just by giving yourself regular times where you, it's time to create so let's sit down and see see, see what happens you know <laughs> Well, you know, there's a reason your book's called The Empowered Artist because I'm feeling so empowered right now just listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Tony Robbins of artists. Yeah, just, you know, live with passion. <laughs> you know, the, the internet plays such a large role in our lives, like more than ever. How do you think this has helped and maybe even challenged artists? Yeah, so, well, yeah, so somebody just asked me the other day that since I have been at this for 20 years and when I started with this message, it was still in the heyday of the traditional music industry. Mm-hmm. I think 1999 was the peak, I think, of the traditional music industry as far as, you know, selling CDs and, and, and billboard charts and all that stuff. Um, and so, but even back then, I was preaching a message of focus on fans and not being, uh, you know, not being worried about impressing people in the industry. Um, so I've seen a lot of those changes and certainly the internet, digital technology, has been a huge has been the factor that has changed everything and so yeah it's a kind of a conundrum that we're in the good news is everyone has equal access to the tools of creation the tools of self-expression the tools you know low cost or no cost tools to self-promotion that's great news the bad news is everyone has access to the tools of creation and so it does seem like it's a crowded you know yeah it seems like it's crowded and everyone uh you know is out there going buy my cd or check out my new song or whatever but i still think this is a much better era than that gatekeeper uh era that we came out of where you had again have someone out had a, a deem you worthy of being signed or being published or being put in the gallery or whatever um and now everyone and Chris Anderson talked about this in his book a few years ago called uh, The Long Tail, where he said that uh, it used to, in an old system that used to be pre-filters, so the A&R people and, and editors and all that, they were the people that determined what was worthy of being published or whatever or being signed. And then that's what the consumers got. Uh, these days, there's post filters. Everything is made available. Um, and then it's consumers that decide what's worthy of their attention and their money and their popularity and showing up to, to events. You know, and, and I like that system better where everything's out there and the cream rises to the uh, top. And so th- that, that puts a lot of responsibility though, on the artist's shoulders to make sure that they, they have the goods and they're willing to embrace marketing and all that good stuff. I was going to say, we also can't forget, though, like some things do rise to the top because of marketing, because of my, we still have that model, just not, I, I think there, there is, like you said, just a wonderful world where people don't need to go through that gatekeeper anymore. But there still is, though, there still are those gatekeepers for the top, top levels, you know? 
Yeah, and I think we'll always have pop stars and yeah. blockbuster movies. That's not going away, um, and so you'll always see this curve, you know, of the of the hits. You know, if you chart yeah. it out, I know I'm, I'm doing a lot of visuals here. It's, it's yeah, it's, it, this is for this. Is, sorry to our audio and <laughs> the people who are listening to the audio only versions, but there's yeah. like this and then this <laughs> major right. and indie. There's no like very very small, not much middle ground anymore. But I, but I think there is uh, – that graph has shifted a little bit to where there is like a yeah. – and I think my friend Michael Lasko, who runs Taxi, says he coined this phrase of the musical middle class. Um, ah. And it's basically a, 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 a aspect of the music uh, market where there are people that are not household names. Um, you know, the majority of people have not heard of them, yet they're serving niche markets using these new tools. Um, you know, whatever, they have a YouTube channel or they – gig a lot or whatever and they have especially if they have specialized types of music um they can make a living and do really well and have a rabid fan base but you've never heard of them because they're serving this a small slice of the pop the population um and of course, the, yeah as you go out the long tail is the reference to that graph going out in a thin you know all the way out to infinity to one side <laughs> and those and that's people that are just doing it as a hobby or, you know, they're not, they're selling a handful of things here and there. Um, and so, yeah, but you, the full range will always exist. There'll be the big pop stars, there'll be the mi- musical middle class, and then all the rest who are <laughs> doing the best they can, you know? Uh, and so, yeah, that means that you're still, again, the responsibility of the artist to create great music and, like you said, to embrace marketing because once you have great music, that alone, while it will certainly I do think that good songs will find an audience. However, you need to help that along by just uh, it, by not cursing that I got to do all this work and, f- and thinking of it as a way to oh boy I have all these opportunities to connect with fans and share my music. How can I embrace this instead of making it a burden? You know. I love that. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Let's just take a moment to let that sink in. I know, actually, I think that's what happened there. It's kind of like we're just, we're just absorbing it. Are you ready for twenty questions? You, you bet. I've heard about this. I'm a little nervous about it, but I, th- I think I'm ready. I'm going to tap into my improv comedy experience here to try to be quick. All right, and sharp here. Here we go. Coffee or tea? Uh, coffee for the most part. Yes. Meat or veggies? Uh, I'm a pescatarian, which means I don't eat any meat except for fish. So unless you were asking about salmon versus, but yeah, but so I have to go with veggies. Yes. <laughs> TV or Netflix? Um, Netflix. Twitter or Facebook? Oh boy, they're, they're they're two of my primary ones. I guess I have to lean toward Facebook. You nope. do both. Yeah, yes. we we do too. I think we we we'd probably pick Twitter at the moment, but yeah. who knows? <laughs> Yoga or yogurt? Oh wow! Oh, <laughs> I should do I should do yoga, but I eat definitely more yogurt than I participate in yoga. That's for sure. Can I do downward facing dog while I eat? Yes. I, okay. Okay. Well, fine. <laughs> Maybe upward facing dog. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. There we go. <laughs> now, apparently, these are famous cuisine from St. Louis. I don't know if this is right or not, so forgive me. Toasted ravioli or gooey butter cake? Oh my god, you've done your research! Wow. <laughs> well, since most toasted ravioli, unless it's uh, not it has meat in it, I'm going to have to go with the gooey butter cake. But a friend of mine claims that his dad, like, was one of the inventors of toasted ravioli here in St. Louis. Well, that's crazy. Wow, you, I, I applaud you for your research. So, <laughs> our, gooey our butter... research department is uh, yeah. uh, very yeah. I, I applaud <laughs> your team, <laughs> your staff. But yeah, gooey butter cake. <laughs> Friends or Seinfeld? Seinfeld, for sure. Oh, I love Seinfeld. Agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. Elvis Presley or Johnny Cash? 
Oh, well, you can see Elvis. Is, it, with those of you watching yes. the video, I've got my portrait of Elvis, uh, definitely Elvis Presley. He's a, a huge uh, – my mom was a huge fan, and actually that was one of my yeah. early musical influences was Amen. hearing his, his music around the, the house. Mm -hmm. And I can still do a pretty mean Elvis voice. That's probably another little, little known thing. That's right, baby. Well, that's <laughs> Bob Dylan or Bob Marley? Oh, wow. You know, I have not been immersed in either one of them. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Bob Marley. We asked I the guess. tough questions here on Bridge Atlantic. We and, did. And I and I and I have uh, I have actually imitated both of them at various times. And really? so another thing, I kind of have fun with voices too, Apparently. imitating singers and speakers since I was since I was a kid. But ugh, how about or like, maybe I could combine them and go we jamming, we jamming. Hope you like jamming too. <laughs> you like that? I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. It could be a new parody I could work up. Okay. Here we go. Yeah, you should. You should. <gasps> Canada. Or Scotland. Oh, this is tough because yes. Yeah, so uh, I've been to Canada before, and so I've never been to Scotland, and I've never met Ross. So I'm going to have to go with Scotland on this one. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. the Beatles or the Rolling Stones? Beatles by far. Yes. Mac or PC? I have both. I'm on a Mac right now with this, doing this with you, and I'm definitely yeah. I'm going to have to go with Mac as my preference. Yeah, for for sure. Education or experience? Oh, wow. Yeah, experience, totally. Even I value education and I create books in the education mm -hmm. world, but it, all the books encourage you got to get out and do it. If you don't experience it, it's, it doesn't really mean anything. I'm with you 100% on that. Yeah, yeah baby. <laughs> Breaking Bad or Homeland? I've only seen like one or two episodes of Breaking Bad. I have oh. not seen Homeland. I know. I'm, I know. Please, I'm sorry. You've got to watch it. <laughs> not a big TV watcher, but I guess I'm going to have to go with Breaking Bad because I don't know much about home, Homeland. I know it's highly, uh, highly rated. A lot of yes, people love, both love it. Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton with Paragraph? <laughs> Definitely Michael Jackson. Yeah, I kind of make fun of Michael Bolton, although he's a great singer, but Michael Jackson made huge contributions to music and culture, and yes. yeah, so I got to I gotta go with that for sure. I have a portrait of Michael Jackson, not on the wall behind me, but it's somewhere in the office here. Nice. Yeah. I don't have a portrait of Michael Bolton. <laughs> yeah, you should. I, I, I would love to see that. <laughs> Can you work I want you to do one of Michael Jackson and Michael, and, uh, and Michael Bolton side by side. And inside. send it to us, and we will put it up on our wall, <laughs> one of our walls. I'll have Michael Bolton. You you'll can have send Michael me Michael Jackson. Jackson. You can send yeah. Michael Bolton, and we'll be good. I'll get on that for sure. <laughs> Marilyn Monroe or Marilyn Manson? Oh, I have to go with Monroe. Yeah. And again, with the art, I've done a number. I've sold like three or four Marilyn Monroe portraits oh, that I've really? done, and I'm a big fan of that uh, iconic. Yeah, I use Marilyn Manson as examples of uh, like niche marketing and like mm. repelling a lot of people. This actually makes your core fan base more, um, you know, more attracted to you. Standing uh, for something. Yeah, you attract those people that are like-minded. Yeah, because you're not out to please everyone, no, you and they 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 have certainly uh, have their core. Uh, file. And are, they, are they still like active? I think I saw yeah, they, I think, yeah, yeah. I think they are. Yeah. And so, uh, however, overall, yeah, I would have to. I would, I've not done a portrait of Marilyn Manson, <laughs> but I, that would probably be probably be a really good cool. one too. Yeah, he's that also might a be a really big seller actually. actually. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Ricky, Monroe, Ricky right, Gervais or Ricky Martin. Yeah, so I, I'll go with Gervais because yeah. I'm more in the comedy, and Thanks. even though uh, I would like to see G Ricky Gervais live in La Vida Loca, that would be that would be a good a good thing. Uh, I don't uh, know if "good" would be the right word. Uh, I'm just thinking back to his dance scene in the office. 
Yeah, so great. Oh, no, never mind. You're back. Exactly. There's actually a video I saw the other day. This would be for anybody who's like into stand-up comedy, but it was Ricky Gervais. It was Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, and Louis C.K. The oh, four of them were like, it was like a 40-minute video. You might want to uh, – you can find it on YouTube somewhere. Uh, HBO or Showtime or something put it out. But they're all talking about the craft of stand-up comedy oh, and how, how they're different and how they uh, like are critiquing each other. It was really fascinating. I just watched the whole thing in one – sitting but uh it just for those of you who are into the craft of comedy or wonder how stand-up comics think and re- create their material yeah it was it was well, really fascinating we're, we're missing larry david on that though he's probably he's probably the king for me but oh man i gotta just i gotta look that up <laughs> yeah i think if you're fans of any of them I all of them like- yeah Enjoy it, yeah. And as a as a someone who's done, I used to do stand up comedy too. But someone who's done, you know, improv and theater, it was really fascinating because I love analyzing even with music marketing or any anything. I love uh, like taking something and breaking it down and wonder why does this work? Why does why is that joke funny? What's the with the setup and the mm-hmm. delivery and all that? You know, and the same thing with improv. How how do you how can you you know make this game work or whatever? Um, and I guess I, that's an approach I take to everything, including marketing. Why was that? what was effective about that campaign or the way they sent that email out? I know I'm getting back into exactly well, a lightning it's a diversion. I was going to say at the end of the day, it's about finding your voice. I think you yeah. find your voice, whether you're any kind of artist, I consider a comedian an artist too, you know, and that's it. Finding your voice. Exactly. Yeah. And not, and being willing to fail and being willing to engage in this, you know, yeah. they can take action and just let's see what happens. I interviewed Derek Sivers, you know, as the founder of CD baby. Yeah. I've spoken he's, to him he's, before. Yeah. Okay, he's like an old friend, and he uh, one of his keys to success when I was at, when I was interviewing him was like he he regularly asked the question, "What would happen if?" And then he fills in the blank, you know, dot 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 dot. Like a lot of his best ideas were came up with. I wonder what would happen if I did this or we tried that, and then just seeing what happens. You know, again, not being attached to it uh, being a, a success, but sometimes you hit a home run or something something. Frankly, you go, oh, I'm going to do more of that because that was fun and that worked. Yeah, you know? I like Derek. I'd love to get him on the show. He uh, He's very philosophical in the way he approaches things, and I, I, I used to follow a lot of the stuff he, he did years ago. should get back into him, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. That was that was quite divergent, but let's go back to the I 20 know. questions. I'm ready, for the li- I'm ready to get back in the lightning <laughs> round mode. 20 questions. <laughs> now you're going to pick between whale or kale. I'll have to go with, with kale. Yeah, choice. even though it's not my favorite vegetable, but I definitely... Is I, it anyone's, really? Yes. Yeah. What am I? I know it's good for you. When it's mixed with other things, it's great. Well, and, you, you, you just know. gotta massage the kale, because then it breaks it down and it, it takes away the bitterness. I'm serious, no, it's like, oh my god, you do, you have to massage kale, it's a thing, it's really a thing. Right, I'm my, gonna try that next okay. time. Okay. girlfriend... Sorry, it's like my girlfriend makes like uh, these uh, uh, smoothies or whatever, and veg- yeah. she puts a lot of kale in it, but yes. she's got, I'll get like add a lot of apple and like sweeter stuff yeah, for me course. to be able to tolerate it. Because otherwise, oh, I go, yeah, you would have to. <laughs> yeah, anyone would have to. You just put some of the sugar in there. But uh, Bette Midler or the Riddler? Oh, Bette, I mean, yeah, Bette, Bette Midler. I mean, yeah, I think she's very talented, multi-talented, another person who's into singing and acting and, all, and comedy and all that stuff. So, yeah, definitely appreciate Bette Midler. And on the last that one. question is... Yeah, your final question... <clears throat> now just remember Bob I've been following you online for six years and you know we've we've known each other for a while wow before. totally guy so just bear that in mind we're a terrible human being Ross or Marcio <laughs> it's like asking who's my favorite beetle yeah so that's ex- the second time we've been referred to as the as a oh, beetle really? Ross yeah. before yeah. you know um, 
I would, well, even though even before Ross said that, I was thinking to my to myself, yes, we've communicated, we've known each other, we've referred people to each other, and so I, I'd have to go with Ross on this one just because we have this pre-existing relationship, and okay, then Dan, once we establish that, then I'll come to Canada. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Sounds fair. That sounds fair. Fair. It's fair. Thank you, Bob. Thank Yo, you. You're certainly welcome. Not not that you buttered me up or anything prior. To you. No, no, of course oh, yeah. not. No. Oh we've, not been, we've not been emailing and planning this out or anything you know? <laughs> not at all you guys are awful so um you know usually we ask for music tv or film recommendations i'd actually like to know if you have any podcast recommendations uh, besides my own right yes besides <laughs> your own which yeah. everyone should definitely check out yeah because i got like three of them and it's crazy um uh, so po- yeah podcast recommendations oh so elizabeth gilbert she wrote uh, eat pray love she's got a couple of really uh, popular uh, uh uh ted talk videos where she talks about creativity and the creative process and, and i guess because of the success popularity of those ted talks she is coming out with a book i think like this week called real not big magic or something like that but it's a about the creative process and facing your fear. A lot of the things that the Empowered Artist, my Empowered Artist book, uh, delves with. But she um, published a podcast. Oh, God, it's not, magic is in the title. It's like a different altered version. I could probably look at my phone right right here and, fi- and find it. But she, I, and I'm sure that they strategically, she created like 10 episodes leading up to the release of the book um, as a promotional thing, which is very smart. But the podcasts are awesome and she actually uh handpicks some people that follow her on her facebook page and has conversations with them about their struggles and then she gets like well-known people um on a different episode to chime in with how to help this person and it's yeah i just found it to be a fascinating really inspiring podcast and so uh i would recommend that so if you just go into itunes podcast directory and look for elizabeth gilbert it's called magic lessons with elizabeth gilbert nice um, that was a really good one. Uh, and also, speaking of TED Talks, the TED Radio Hour, um, where they take uh, – they're not just using the audio from TED Talks. They, they use clips, and they get the speakers into the studio and ask, and ask them, like, follow-up questions. And uh, each, each uh, episode has a topic, and I find those to be really well-made. I think it's an NPR thing. Um, but that's a good one. And then there's standard things. Oh, my God. I'm trying to think here of marketing-related things. Um, you know, Pat Flynn, Smart Passive Income. He, he gets into a lot of marketing stuff in the uh, general marketing world. Um, but those are the ones that, uh, that, yeah, that come to mind. My top three, I guess, there. Awesome. awesome. I want to I throw one out there as well. Um, a friend of mine has a show called The, Cu- the Curator Podcast, and it's all about creativity and he interviews, sort of, uh, he interviews artists and writers and people that are very creative about the creative process. And it's really it's a really great show, so I would definitely recommend that as well. Oh, it's called The Curator Podcast? The Curator Podcast, yeah. Oh, cool. I'll have to look that one up my, myself. Cool. Awesome. We're just about to wrap up here, but I just if you can really quickly give – the most important advice an artist should consider before releasing an album. Um, that would be wonderful. Yeah, so a musician before releasing an, yeah. an album. I kind of touched on it earlier when I was talking about this, the, the, your, your art for self-satisfaction versus for the benefit of others. And my mantra for decades, you know, I mean, literally since the beginning of this, my preaching about this, to- this topic is focus on fans. So while yes. you do get wrapped up into the technology and the tactics, and what buttons to push and what site to be on. Everything should be powered by your dedication to serving your fans and loving them and appreciating them. Uh, and uh, and you do this because you know that your music 
uh, impacts people in a beneficial way. And so you become an evangelist for spreading that message. And so that's, it's kind of a, it's not a tactic so much as it is a mindset or an attitude. You, you, you get, you're on a mission to serve people by getting this music to the people, not everyone, but to the people who really benefit from it. However that is, it's different for every artist, how your music benefits them, but focus on fans and the impact that you have on them and everything else, I think gets easier. Oh, that is such a great way to end the show. Now, I want everyone to go check you out on your website, which is bob-baker.com. Your Twitter is Mr. Buzz Factor. That's M-R, not Mr. spelled out. And your Facebook is slash Bob Baker fan page. Uh, you can check out what I'm doing at marcinovelli.com. I'm currently writing for my next solo album. And I just released my side project, Midnight Soundtracks, debut album, Foreplay. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, which are all slash marcinovelli. And I'm working on websites for lots of artists now. You can find my work at electrickiwi.co.uk. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Electric Kiwi and Facebook Electric Kiwi Design. This episode was brought to you by Chris Keaton Presents. Find out more about what Chris does and how he can help you at chriskeaton.com. And if you'd like to sponsor the show, visit bridge-the-atlantic.com slash sponsors. Thank you so much, Bob. It was, it was a pleasure, guys. Thanks a lot for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome, and we'll see you next week. Yeah.